James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another one of our timeout series on the Bucket and Beard podcast. And today we have one that's very similar to what we were doing already. We went back and we had a look at the 80s and we looked at the all-star starting five of the 80s. And now we're moving up to the 90s where this is a bit more of our time because we'll come to the age where we could probably remember a bit more about basketball. As much as I love the 80s basketball and love looking back on it, I was probably a bit young to remember too much of it. Yeah, you and me both. I think this is certainly something that's a little bit more in our wheelhouse. It's it's certainly more the era that we know. Uh, but definitely better than the 80s, that's for sure. And those that haven't listened to the AO Other podcast, um, things that we're looking for are... Notable achievements of the player, so things like defensive team, All-NBA teams, All-Star selections, um, and then awards like championships, um, MVPs, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the yeah. Year, um, and then just any other notable stats that even we, can, just, we can come up with. Even just looking at how many seasons they played in the era that we're looking at, I think that's important because someone like... In, in this scenario, you, we can make an argument for Magic Johnson being yep. an amazing point guard in the 90s, but he didn't play much in the 90s. No. So I think that's an important little aspect of it as well. And I think we should just get into it because I think this might be a bit of a short and sharp one. Let's just start with the point guard. All right. So first of all, one that I think needs to be considered is Gary Payton. Yes. The glove. Great defender. And he played nine seasons in the 90s, so 91 to 99. Yep. Notable achievements. Uh, He was 1996 NBA Defensive Player of the Year, five-time NBA All-Star, 1998 All-NBA First Team, six-time NBA Defensive First Team. It's a a stellar career, isn't it? Yep. He, you know, the, the, the Sonics team that he was on with Sean Kemp was... Amazing to watch. Oh, my God. So good to watch. Runners up in 96 to the Bulls. Gary Payne got his ring in Miami eventually in the yep. 2000s. Um, but he he was you know, he, he was known as the glove because he was an amazing lockdown defender. Like for, in, in the 90s, he's averaged nearly two and a half steals a game. Like nearly two and a half steals and almost 48% from the field. Which is very impressive. Yep. And look. There's a couple of other point guards that probably rate a mention just real quickly, like KJ, Kevin Johnson for yep. Phoenix. He was a jet. Tim Hardaway at the Warriors yep. was was amazing as well. Um, there's one other one that I want to throw at you before we get to our consensus number one pick. Scotty Pippen. That's a point. Yep. He was a point forward. He was the original point forward. I can see the confused look on your face look, here. I know I haven't. I didn't tell you about this. This is what I was thinking about when we were preparing for this one. He is a small forward, legitimately. A he small is a forward. small forward, yes. But he was the point guard of that Bulls team. Yes, but he w- is still listed as a forward before the point. Absolutely. Like, he, like Absolutely. he's listed on everything back then. It was more he was listed as a small forward rather than point guard. Yes, he might have been running the point on the yeah. team. 
but I'm I'm not going to include him at the point guard spot. I'm just throwing not. that in there. As I know little, uh... I know you like to throw me these curveballs, but he if I went back and I looked at stuff from the '90s, he would. There's nowhere that he'd be listed at oh, running, look, running a point. I'm not going to lie; he's probably my starting small forward in this scenario. But he he was one of those players that did change the game, and being that six foot eight nine, however big, long, lanky dude that he was. You know, he he was that point forward, but he's not a traditional point guard. No, he's so not. He's out of this conversation. But point guard. someone who is a traditional point guard and an amazing one of that. Ten seasons with Utah is yep. John Stockton. Yep. Um, and yeah, what can you say? He played all ten years. Missed a longevity. He you just can barely missed a game. Barely missed a game in his entire career, which spanned nearly 20 years, if not more. He was an eight-time All-Star in the 90s. He actually won the NBA All-Star Game MVP in 93, was a two-time All-NBA First Team and a seven-time NBA Assist Leader. Again, yeah. averaged two, nearly two and a half steals a game, 12 assists a game, and shot points. 50. And shot 52%. So for the 90s, he had a double-double. It was incredible. Um, and for a dude that looked like a used car salesman, or as we joke around with Georgie Nang and we talk about him being your PE teacher, yeah. that's kind of what he looked like. Yeah, and obviously there's the two famous losses. So they got two Western Conference Championships yep. in that time. Um, but obviously coming up against um, the Bulls in that era, they just couldn't get over no. um, someone who we're probably going to be talking about very shortly. In about 15 seconds. Um, but other than that, like your Tim Hardaway's um, is not up there. He was a great he, player. He was a great but he was, player. But he was yep. not on the same level. I don't think he got enough accolades though. No, he wasn't at the same level yeah. as someone like Stockton. Um, and yeah, and the same thing. As Gary Payton was such a great player, I don't think you can go past Stockton. No, um, no, no. So, no. And look, I think... Even in the next position, when we look at a shooting guard, it's a consensus. It's it's very obvious. There's not going to be a lot. Well, of let's debate. let's just let's just say it anyway. So we'll just start it out. Shooting guard, Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. So 38, uh, 30.8 points per game, five assists, six rebounds, almost two and a half steals, shooting fifty percent from the field as well. Ridiculous. Um, obviously, had that break in the middle. Had, yeah, had, his had a couple sabbatical. years off. Um, but notable for the achievements, six-time NBA champion, six-times NBA Finals MP, four-time NBA MVP, seven-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, seven-time NBA Scoring Champion, two-time NBA Steals Champion, seven-time All-NBA First Team, seven-time NBA All-Defensive Team. All right, so I know this is not a debate about the GOAT, and it's not something that we're probably ever going to debate, but the fact that in the 90s, Jordan was a two-time NBA steals champion, a seven-time all-NBA first defensive team. Yep. That, in my opinion, is the difference between why Michael Jordan and, and LeBron James and, and Kobe Bryant and those guys that they all get compared together. Jordan was that legitimate two-way You look player. at, talking about longevity too, like we're talking about Stockton and how long he played and was playing well in that as well. Like, if you go back and listen to our podcast, like we included Jordan in our eighties, yes, as they're starting as the shooting guard for the eighties as well. Even though he only played six years, yes, in the in the eighties, 
His just stats were amazing. So his longevity. Yeah. And he was able to adapt his game as well. Like the, the way he played later on in his year was not, like Korea, sorry, was not the way that he started out playing. No, absolutely. Um, and look- that sort of stuff. And as much as I hate to say it, like I was looking up other players that could be compared. Reggie Miller. And I took, looked at Reggie Miller and yeah. he's 21 points per game, three assists, three rebounds, one steal, 48% from the field, 40% from three for like 10 seasons in the 90s. And all these accolades, all these individual awards, he was a four-time NBA All-Star. The only, the only way that you could give Reggie a tick over Jordan was he was a better shooter. He was a better three-point yep. shooter than Jordan. But that was it. And he did get an Eastern Conference Championship, I think, in 99. Mm-hmm. So, look, um, Mitch Richmond is another one that might rate a mention. But in when you put them up against Jordan... There's no comparison. They're not going to come close because Jordan's taken all that those 100%. things from them. So, Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's just move on for that. What about in, in the small forward position? Who, who do you like there? There's a few options, I feel like, in this one. Um, well, you've touched you've touched on one. Yes, yeah, Scotty um, Pippen. Scotty Pippen. So you, how about you start us off with his Look, achievements? Again, Pips, he played all 10 seasons, mostly with the Bulls before he moved on. 19 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, and 48% shooting. He was a six-time champion, seven-time All-Star, 90, 1994 NBA All-Star Game MVP, three-time All-Team all first team rather, and eight-time NBA all-defensive first team. So Pippen's role in the Bulls is essentially to to you know to be the the Robin to the Batman of yep. Jordan, and, and defense was definitely where he succeeded. But having said that, in the two seasons where Jordan had his sabbatical, Pippen led the Bulls in every statistical category. Yeah, and he needed to because they had put a team around Jordan and he walked away from it and then they're like, What are we gonna do? Yeah. They were they froze and then he was he's like, oh, I'm gonna step up and be the man. Um and yeah. And look like, the the only thing that's missing off of Pippin's resume is he never won a defensive player of the year award. Yeah. Because But he should have, but he never did. Of Jordan. Yeah. Um and at the small forward position uh, you've got Clyde Drexler, yep, um, who we talked about now, eighties one as well. But he came into his stride in the early nineties. Yeah, that he, sort of ninety two Portland team yep. was good. He came he came into his stride more in the nineties. Yes, um, so he was a twenty one point a game scorer, six rebounds, six assists, almost two steals, and forty six percent from the field. Yeah, legit. Played nine seasons, so ninety 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 eight. Uh, he was the champion He when he went to the Rockets in 1995. He was. Um, so he got his chip there. Seven-time All-Star and 1992 All-NBA first team, which was that Portland Trails Blazers yes. team. Um, so it's it's a solid career. Like, yeah, he, it's nothing to sneeze at. No, Clyde the Glide had a great career. And look, at the end of the day, he's the reason that Portland didn't draft Michael Jordan. Yep. Because they had Drexler. They didn't need Jordan, so they took Sam Bowie, and we all know how that ended. But and- the only other person that comes to mind is like there's Penny Hardaway and there's Grant Hill. The, well, I was going to talk the, about Grant Hill. Yeah, the issue, the, not even an issue, but the only thing I have was that both of them didn't come into the league until the mid-90s. Yes. So again, they weren't around long enough. Yes, they were great players. Like Little Penny commercials are still hilarious to this day. They've got great careers, good resumes, 
Grant Hills would have been better if he could have stayed healthy. Well, Grant Hill was Jordan incarnate. He was going to be the next generation of Jordan. Coming out of college, he was legit star from the get-go for the Pistons. Um, and yeah, 1995 NBA co-rookie of the year. So there was two winners that year. Um, four-time All-Star, even though he was only in the league for five. Um, and 1997 All-NBA first team. So he made a first team in his second year in the league. Which is super impressive. Super, super impressive. But obviously knee problems and stuff. Had longevity. He ended up sticking around, but he yeah. had to change the way he played. He did, and he wasn't it wasn't the player that they expected him to be. But with the dominance of the Chicago Bulls through the 90s. Yeah, you can't go past. We've got to give it to Scotty Pippen. Absolutely. I think the next position of power forward is something that might open up a little bit more debate. A little bit more Potentially. debate. Potentially. There's a lot of great players. Um, well, I'll, I'll start us off. I'll start us off. So, Sean Kemp, Sean Seattle Kemp. Supersonics. Uh, so, 10 seasons in there, in there, and he was a six-time NBA All-Star, but did get a Western Conference Championship in 96. Yep. Um, 17 points a game, 10 rebounds, two assists, uh, one and a half blocks, 50% from the field. One of the best in-game dunkers you'll ever see play. And surprisingly, a pretty good mid-range jump shot. Yeah, it wasn't awful, that's for sure. Um, but once again, not much to compare there. No. Look, the next that I would bring up would be Sir Charles. Yeah. Round mound to rebound. Round mound to rebound. Played all 10 seasons, 22 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, one and a half steals. Was the 93 NBA MVP, which Jordan still hates. Yep. He was an eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, and the 91 All-Star game MVP. Look, and Phoenix weren't a great team when he was there, but they made a run. They yep. made one final series. Yeah, then he bounced around a little bit after that, and arguably he's one of the greatest players to have played the game to not win a chip. But looking at it now, I feel like he's actually a better commentator than he was player. I feel like he was another one that sort of changed the game, though, because he was an undersized big man. Yeah, he's like six and he foot was, four. He was super athletic, but he was undersized, um, and he almost averaged 12 rebounds a game for the 90s. Yeah, he was like 6'4". He wasn't tall at all, but he played... like you know, It's almost like a Draymond Green that you'd compare him to these days, who's undersized in that position. Yeah. And that that proved that you could have somebody play those roles that maybe even though I think Charles was pretty athletic. He was no style. Charles was very athletic, but, um, and he probably would have been better if he watched his eating and his weight and stuff. But that's a totally different topic. Absolutely, and I think for me, and again, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or disagree with me here, but I think the best power forward of the '90s has got to be Carl Malone of the Utah Jazz. Like they were so dominant at the back end of the nineties. The mailman had such uh, an amazing career, like 27 points a game, 11 rebounds, four assists, 53% shooting. Ridiculous. It was a two time MVP, nine time all-star, 10 time all NBA first time, three time defensive team, first team and the 93 like all-star all game NBA MVP. first team every year in the 90s. In the 90s. So like, that is ridiculous. Again, find me someone that's going to top that. Like I think I think where this comes up is like thinking about the two-way players and that sort of stuff like three-time all-NBA defensive first team. Yeah. Like when I think about Carl Malone, I don't think about defense. No. 
I think about him putting his hand behind his head while he's going into dunk or Stockton to Malone. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like, especially, yes, towards the late 90s when they went on those runs and the battles that everybody thinks of, like Stockton Malone versus Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, 100%. um, Like, you've got to have two from each on this list. No, I I completely agree. And again, like, there's a few other players whose names could be thrown into the conversation. Like, even Dennis Rodman would... would, Just purely for his rebounding ability, like playing through the 90s, he won four championships, three with the Bulls and one with the Spurs, Um, was a two-time defensive player of the year, a two-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA defensive first team, but he was the seven-time rebounding champion in the nineties. That's that's tough. Man. Like it's a it's a great resume, but for a bloke that averaged less than seven points a game and fifteen rebounds, you just don't see him quite as the dominant force that Malone yeah. was. Yeah, and that's that's what it has to come down to. Like Rodman was really good at his role in a team. Yes, he was a team player. And his role was to go out there and eat the rebounds and block shots and get under people's skin. Yeah. Yep. Like Michael Jordan used to love the fact that he would rough, ruffle people up a bit yeah. because they weren't paying attention to Jordan anymore. They were paying away Pay. to attention to the guy with the crazy hair. And look, the, the best example of it, if anyone w- wants to see, is just watch the Bulls play the Sonics and see how he got into Kemp's head. Watch the Bulls play Utah and how he got into Malone's head. Yeah. Like that's what Rod Rodman did and he did it very well. Um the final position I think is probably the most wide open one. It's Again, it's pretty it's pretty tight. There's just a lot of names. Like so there's some there's some names of really good players that I don't think are gonna come close. Like your Shaq. Yeah was starting out very dominant player but he didn't get a lot of accolades no. in in his early years you got players like um oh i've just had a mental blank lonzo morning lonzo morning that's who i was thinking of again same thing young guy in the early 90s playing in charlotte with larry johnson mugsy bogues didn't get the accolades patrick ewing Patrick Ewing was coming one. towards the end of his career more in the late 90s and stuff, but he was still a dominant force in the middle. He was. But, and again, he had another one of those players with an amazing career. Yeah, amazing career, but maybe didn't get some of the accolades he didn't. Like, probably got some all star selections, lots of all star selections. Just in um, case you were wondering, he was an eight time all star. Yeah. And in 1990, he was all NBA first team. Yeah. But yeah, he was the heart and soul of, of the Knicks during the 90s. And, you know, they. They had two finals appearances. They never won, but yeah, they were a dominant team and he was a dominant player. And he, he's the reason that I go for the Knicks. Yeah, uh, look, I think it's a very good reason. Yeah, another player that rates a mention in that conversation is Dikembe. Yeah, Dikembe. Dikembe was in, you know, was, he only played eight seasons, but he averaged 13 points and 12 rebounds, nearly four blocks a game, which I think a lot of people forget was how much he actually scored. But he was a three-time defensive player of the year, a five-time All-Star, led the league in blocks three times, and was twice on the All-NBA defensive first team. Which is a solid resume. It's a great resume. But again, he didn't win. No. Um, and the only time I think he made the finals might have been with Philly, and that was yeah, in with the Philly, 2000s. Yeah, with Philly, when he was more of a role player, when he was yeah. coming, coming down in his career. Yeah, and that was with Iverson. So that's that's 
well past where we're talking now. But the think- thing that people need to remember when we're talking about the 90s is that the 90s basketball was a very different game to what's played today. Yes. Like the big guys were, were a massive focus of the team. Yeah. You look at you know Hakeem Olajuwon, who I'm sure we're going to talk about shortly. He was drafted number one in the 84 draft before Jordan. Yeah. Because he's seven foot, whatever he was, and, and just people, the massive, that, the that massive was skill sets. Teams, teams wanted to draft height. Yeah, they took size. They wanted to try. And they would build around size. Yeah. So we just mentioned about Ewing. You know, the Knicks built around him. Charlotte, to a certain degree, built around Alonzo Mourning. You know, the this is what the NBA was at, at that time. And now, the next, next one we're going to be talking about, well, I want to talk about it, is David Robinson, where the, the Spurs drafted him and built around him. Yeah. And he was sneakily good. Look, like, you, I, he, I didn't realize he did this. I was about 90s. to say, you're going to have to read out his resume now because it is super impressive. So he played all 10 seasons. He did. Um, and he's another one that had longevity because he played into the 2000s and was still quite competitive. But uh, 24.5 points per game, almost 12 rebounds per game, three blocks per game, three assists per game, shooting 52.5% from the field. It's pretty impressive. 1999 NBA championship when they beat the Knicks. Bastards. Uh, 1995 NBA MVP. So you got an MVP. Yep. 1992 NBA Defensive Player of the Year, eight-time NBA All-Star, four-time NBA All, uh, NBA First Team, four-time NBA All Defensive First Team, and 1990 NBA Rookie of the Year, and 1990 NBA All Rookie First Team. Let's not forget, David Robinson scored 71 points in a game as well. Oh yeah, like he was legit. And there was that 95 season is I think the one where he got the 71. Yep. He went on a stretch where I think he had a month where he averaged like 46 points a game It's or ridiculous. Something. But he you know he's known as the admiral. You know he was in the Naval Academy and all of that before he came to the NBA. Like you could see that sort of determination and focus. Well he him. he got drafted I think in about 96 but then had to serve 86. in the military. Yeah. Oh yeah, eighty six. Sorry, yeah. and then had to serve in the military. So his rookie season was uh, nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was a mature age. But there was only one championship there. Yes, now, and I think this looking, is this uh, is where we this is where it's hard because this is where we debate this and we go, what are we basing this on? And I think as we've said in with the previous pod when we did this with the eighties and when we were talking about and preparing for it that we've got to put a, a strong emphasis on championships. Yes. So, again... I'm, End of the day, there that's is, what you're going for. In the th- that's the whole point is the Larry O'Brien trophy. And you look at, you know, Chicago went to the finals six times in the 90s and they won six rings. The two seasons where Jordan was out, Houston went to the finals both times and won two rings. Yeah. So immediately between two teams, you've got eight rings in the 90s. Yeah. You know, Spurs got one and I don't even know who the other one was. That's, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, good question. Well, I know if you got, because 90 was, was it 90 was Detroit maybe? The 91, 92, 93, the Bulls. Yeah. 94, 95, Houston, six, seven and eight Bulls and then 99, uh, with Spurs. With Spurs, yeah. Yeah. So, look, Hakeem Olajuwon, the number one pick in, in the draft before Jordan, he 
he he sort of rev, almost revolutionized the game as a center like he averaged 24 points 12 rebounds nearly four blocks shot 51 percent. so good good all-round statistics played all 10 seasons so was durable won two championships won two finals mvps was the 94 NBA MVP, was a seven-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, and three-time NBA All-Defensive first team. Which, it comes down to the fact, we said it literally 10 minutes ago, stars in the 90s were defensive and offensive players. Yeah. You couldn't hide. You had to be on both ends of the floor. You couldn't just be an offensive weapon. Yeah. And you, you know, we'd look at it now, and especially more so in the 2000s or the late 90s, was just how dominant Shaquille was. Mm. And we obviously haven't touched too much on him at the moment. But when, you know, when Shaq came into the league, Hakeem tore him apart. Yeah. Like, he just had, like, you know, I know Tim Duncan's known as the big fundamentals, but Hakeem wasn't far off of that. Yeah. Like, he had his little dream shake and whatnot as well. And he wasn't one of those guys that said a lot in the media. And but he just outworked everyone on the court. And I, I feel like when we're thinking about this, like you got to look at the championships and that as well. But the two times finals MVPs yep. stand out to me as well. 100% because agree with when you. Robinson won his, the big fundamental got the finals MVP. Yeah. So, And I'm pretty sure that was a lockout shortened season as well, just quietly. But anyway, no, we're, you're right. We're not, I getting, think, we're not getting into that. No, but I think you're right that like we said, the championships, we, we're putting a strong emphasis on that. But, you know, the finals MVPs as well, that's super impressive. Like, I feel like if it had been one championship, I probably would have leaned towards Robinson. I, if it, look, if it was one championship each... And one MVP. And if one he, MVP. If he, if he got one finals MVP and one championship, I would have still gone with Robinson. See, I'd, I'd probably have to do a deeper dive, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I feel like Spurs probably had a little bit more help as far as when you had Timmy D coming through and those sorts of things compared to what Houston had. Mm. But the fact that he got the two chips and then the two finals MVPs definitely sways it for me. Yeah. So, in recap. Recap. So... Uh, for our 90s, all-star starting fives. So this is the best players in their positions for the entire 1990s. So at point guard, we have John Stockton. Yes. At shooting guard, we have Michael Jordan. No question. At small forward, we have Scottie Pippen. Also no question. At power forward, we have Carl Malone. Yes. And at center, we have Hakeem Olajuwon. And you look at that and you go... You got two Bulls players, two Jazz players, and a Rockets player, and, Rockets player. and they were probably the most dominant. They teams were the most the dominant teams in the nineties. Yes. So, look, we've done this pretty quickly. We knew it wasn't going to take long, but, but I would put David Robinson first on the bench. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. It's like, who who are the next? Almost the next five coming after this. So you're David Robinson for sure. Probably you'd Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. Barkley, um, Drexler. I'd probably put Reggie Miller. You have to put Reggie. There. You'd have to put Reggie up there. Um, and probably Gary Payton. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. So I reckon that they're the ones up there. But if the five players that we have in our All-Star weren't playing, 
those other players probably would have a lot more accolades. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, again, you know, Ewing's unlucky to miss it's, out. It's Short the Jordan Kemp's effect. We talked out. about this in our podcast when we looked at when he went to baseball and he never came back. Yeah. But it's the Jordan effect. There is, is a, literally a Jordan effect. If he wasn't around, people's careers would have gone in, in totally different trajectories. If you think about Jordan's foot injury that he had in the mid-80s, like it was his whatever, second or third season. Yeah. If, if that was a Yao Ming type of injury where he was never the same player again and never able to do what he did, would the NBA even be what it is today? Yeah. Because, you know, Jordan and the Olympics in 92 in particular was something that really... Revol- not, revolution is not even the right word, but it just changed the would game. Would we even be doing global. this in a Jordan shoe room? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. But I think that's it, and I think we should wrap this up. Yeah. Um, so let us know what you think. Jump on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we'll be posting some stuff about this when we release it later in the week. Um, and we hope you enjoyed what we thought. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip.